Hey, welcome to Val's Word of the Day, where I'm passionate about resourcing you with biblical truths. And my hope is that you would be transformed by the power of the gospel. Hey, if you're new to this podcast, first, thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day to listen. Also, if you would consider rating this content and leaving a review, uh, that will help with exposure as I get the gospel out. And big thank you to those uh, sharing this podcast on your social media platforms. Thank you. So the title of today's episode is How to Have a Quiet Time. How to Have a Quiet Time. If you've been a Christian for a while, you've probably heard of the phrase quiet time. And a quiet time is simply an appointment that we make with the Lord daily to connect with Him. Why do we do that? Because you and I are wired to spend time with God. This is why we were created. And when we spend time with the Lord, it transforms us into the image of His Son. Now, my goal today is not to make you feel a guilt and shame for not praying enough or not doing enough for God. That is not my goal. Shame and guilt actually pull us away from the Lord instead of drawing us towards Him. My hope is that we can see that God wants to talk to us. He wants to commune with us. Now, if we can all be honest, we would probably say, you know, I'm not consistent in my quiet time. And I want you to know if that's you, you are not alone. I remember when I started attending Bible college and I would hear these stories about how People prayed for hours a day and how God would speak to them. And, th- and there was always this shame that I, that, that I wasn't doing enough or I wasn't spiritual enough. So I didn't feel qualified for ministry, actually, because I wasn't praying five hours a day. And, and throughout the years, I've built what's called a rule of life. And this comes from the theologian John Calvin. And, and a rule of life is simple. It's a routine. That, that helps us focus on Jesus all throughout the day. That's all that is. So I want to share a couple of nuggets that I believe will be helpful for us as we build our own daily routine with the Lord. So briefly, I'm just going to share my routine. And, and let me just say, my routine is inconsistent and it's messy. <laughs> Um, but it goes something like this because I'm an early bird. So I wake up around 4.30 a.m. or, or 5 a.m. Uh, coffee first. Otherwise, it, it's hard being a Christian without good coffee. <laughs> now, uh, th- there's four areas that I focus on in my quiet time when I spend time with the Lord. It's Bible reading, uh, prayer, journaling, and meditation. So that's Bible reading, prayer, journaling and meditation. So I start by reading a small portion of scripture. Now, let me, before I dive into this, let me just say this. I'm all for devotionals, um, but be careful because devotionals can make Christians lazy. Okay. When we, we read a page of a devotionals and we're done and we, we never study the Bible. So, so, so I would encourage you I'm not saying get rid of your devotional, but but read the word and study study it yourself. Um, don't let a devotional replace you going deeper in the word of God. All right. Now, when I read the Bible, my focus is on depth. 
not distance. My goal is not to read 10 chapters a day. So I begin with reading the Bible. Then I spend time in prayer. You know, and then I go to work. Uh, throughout the day, I'll try to uh, play worship music in the background, you know, just to have a sense of of an awareness of God's presence around me. Now, I'm not saying I play worship music all day. Uh, when I'm in my car, I usually listen to uh, a sermon or worship music. Um, before I leave to work, I pray that I could be present when I get home. I always pray that. And I really take stock of how my heart is doing. Like, what is going on in my heart? Am, am I angry? How am I feeling? And I take that to the Lord. So, so, so I do some reflection work before I leave work. And finally, when I go to bed and when I lay my head down, I remind myself whether I've done everything that I've planned or not. I remind myself that God's love for me has not changed. Like he loves me just the same. I pretty much preach the gospel to myself because whenever I catch myself saying things like, well, I'm not doing enough for God or I need to do more. I'm not praying enough. I'm not serving enough. What happens is I get into this works mentality and this happens all the time. So what I do is I end up just preaching the gospel to myself. I say, Val, what saves you? And it's not my works. It's not my discipline that saves me. It's the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's not, be, it's not me praying and doing more for God that saves me. And we've all said this before, where we're like, I'm not praying enough. I'm not reading enough. We've all been there. And that's a good place to remind yourself, hey, it's not your works that saves you. It's the work of Jesus Christ. It's it's Christ's work. It's the gospel. And also Saturday is my Sabbath. You know, that's where I usually take a day off. And, And I'll be honest with you, like that day is the day that I struggle to believe that God really loves me. Because when I take time off and do nothing. <laughs> it's hard for me to believe that God's proud of me because uh, I like to be busy. Yet God is calling you and I to rest, to take a day off, to, to, to establish healthy rhythms of rest. You know, and just like a parent takes joy in watching their children rest, Jesus delights in watching you and I rest. Mark 2, uh, Mark two twenty seven uh, says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is actually God's gift to us. It's not intended to be a burden. It is for us to refresh and take care of ourselves and play, like go do some fun. Like I, I, I love to play basketball, go out for coffee uh, with Feta. Um, on my Sabbath, I, I don't really have an agenda. So, so that is my rule of life. Now you're probably thinking, wow, this dude is so spiritual. <laughs> Let me remind you, this routine is inconsistent and it's messy. Okay. So that's a rule of life. It, it's this daily routine to help us focus on Jesus throughout the day. So now I want to briefly transition on what I include in my quiet time. And there's there's four areas that I focus on. Prayer, Bible reading, meditation, and journaling. Now, my quiet time isn't always at home. 
Uh, you know, there's days where I feel rushed, you know, and life happens, you know. Um, sometimes I'll turn off the radio in the car and just have a quiet time with God in my car. Uh, sometimes I'll do my quiet time at work during my lunch or or even at night. But but the point is, you know, you don't have to be a morning person to, to connect with the Lord. You don't. It could be at night. <laughs> so just because I wake up 4.30 a.m. or 5, that doesn't mean that that's the way and God only speaks in the morning. <laughs> that's not true. So let's briefly talk about prayer. First, there's no formula to prayer. There's no formula. Let's remember that it's not even so much about the words that we use. God simply wants us to share our heart with him. It's not so much about the how. It's it's that we pray. God just wants to hear from us. Luke 5.16 says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. And at the foundation of my prayer life, I remind myself that God is a loving father who wants to speak to me. You know, Jesus is our greatest example. It tells us in Mark 135 that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place to pray. This was a habit of Jesus. He, he would go to the solitary place to pray every day. You know, Jesus had a quiet time. <laughs> and now if we, if we can be honest, you know, many of us don't really like to be alone and spend time reflecting on our daily routines. In fact, most of us try to avoid ourselves, so we stay busy. But it's in our quiet time where we get to know God deeper and we get to know ourselves. I remember this one particular time when the Lord kept speaking to me about an offense that I held towards a friend for for a long time. And I did not want to apologize or call him. But it was this heaviness that I was carrying with me for a long, long time. So I finally called. I apologized to this person. And I remember the freedom that I experienced that day was amazing. Because I, because I held on to this offense for a very long time. But why do I share that? I, I, say, I share all that to remind us that it's in the quiet time, when we have our time with the Lord, that God will deal with the deep issues of our hearts. Maybe sometimes he'll deal with your jealousy, your greed, your pride, whatever it may be. Now, busyness, my buddy says, being under Satan's yoke, that's what it stands for, is one of Satan's biggest tools because he will do everything in his power to prevent us from spending time in the presence of God. Why? Because it's in God's presence that God speaks to us. And as a result, we are transformed. Now, if you're stuck in your prayer life and you're like, I don't even know how to start praying. You know, I like to start with the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says in Matthew 6, and you can read this at 9 through 13. He says, pray then like this. And then he says to begin with the Father, right? Our Father who are in heaven. This is a framework for prayer. It doesn't mean that if you don't start with the Father, God's going to be like, well, nope, not listening to you. No, that's not what that means. In this framework, we start with the Father and we just work our way down. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. What are we doing? We're, 
we're spending time with the Lord. We're starting with the Father and we're working our way down to our needs and so on and so forth. And hearing the highest calling of every Christian is to know Jesus intimately. That is our highest calling. So let me throw this question out there because we know we need to pray. But what stops us from praying and what are some barriers to prayer? Now, I think there's two barriers to prayer that that I briefly want to touch on. Because if you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, I know I need to pray. But something is still stopping us from praying. And I think the first barrier to prayer is pride. Where we think, you know, I, I don't need God. I, I can do this on my own. And we don't pray because we're confident in ourselves. And if you haven't figured this out by now, you and I make terrible gods. And what honors God is a dependent spirit that says, God, I need you. I need you in my work. I need you in my marriage and my relationships. And you know what often gets me to pray is, is this feeling of powerlessness. And if you've ever been there where you just feel powerless, but that will get me to pray because when, when everything seems to be falling apart in life, you don't turn to a textbook to pray. You just pray. You just cry out to the Lord because you're desperate. And we learn to pray by praying. And we will either pray by choice or by circumstance. We will either pray by choice or by circumstance. So the first barrier to prayer is pride. The second barrier is when we believe that our access to God depends on our works. So when we feel like we haven't done enough for God, when we feel like we've disappointed Him, here's what we tend to do. We avoid Him. And that's an improper understanding of the gospel because Hebrews 4.16 says we can enter the throne of grace boldly. That means we can come to Christ boldly. Why? Not because of our works, because... It's because of the work that was done for us on the cross. So when we feel our access to God depends on our works, we avoid him. And think of a time where you've disappointed your friend. What do we do when we see him? We avoid them. So those are some key points I wanted to touch on when it comes to prayer. Now, next piece I focus on in my quiet time is my Bible intake. And in my quiet time when I read the word, my focus is always on depth, not distance. Now, let's be real. Most of the days, you know, we're not going to have time to do an in-depth Bible studies, Bible study. We just won't, you know, we'll just read a devotional and that's fine. But like I said, don't let the devotional prevent you from going deeper into the word on your own. But here's what's important to remember. When we study the Bible, We can't love what we don't know. That's why Bible intake is so important. We cannot love what we do not know. And we know God through his word. And what's the result of gaining this Bible knowledge? The result is that it leads us to a place of worship. 2 Peter 3.18, Peter says to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. So, yes, we grow in knowledge. But we don't study the Bible to win arguments with people. Bible study ultimately leads us to worship because we're like, 
wow, God, you're so big. As we study and as we understand who God is, that leads us to a place of worship. Now, if you don't know where to start reading the Bible, let me give you a little recommendation. Don't start in Genesis because by the time you get a, get to Leviticus, you'll probably fall asleep. Okay, I had some good naps from uh, Leviticus. <laughs> so, so start with the Gospels, okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they talk about the words and the works of Jesus. Like so if, so, if you have, so, if you have a friend that asks where to start reading the Bible, point them to the Gospels. Or you can do like a Bible reading plan. I mean, that's also helpful. Now, I would encourage you to start a book and finish the book. That way, we are allowing God to finish his thought instead of just kind of jumping all over the place. And, and when you read the Bible, here's a couple questions that I like to ask. What did the original author intend to tell us in this passage? Number two, what role does this play in the whole Bible? Number three, how does it contribute to the gospel message? Or what does this text teach me about God, the human heart? What does it teach me about the church? Those are some good questions that you can ask yourself. Now, the third piece of quiet time, the third piece that I focus on during my quiet time is meditation. Meditation. The the idea of meditation is to hide God's word in my heart because nothing can go into the heart if it's not in the mind first. And we cannot meditate on scripture fast. It happens slow. It happens slow. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart. In Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6, the psalmist calls us to, to meditate. And he uses a word that literally means to mutter. And, and in ancient times, the, the scripture was recited aloud from memory. And other words translated as meditate in the Psalms, they mean to ponder or, or, or to question thoroughly. And here's the idea. The idea is this. It's hard to enjoy what we don't understand. It's hard to enjoy what we don't understand. So l- let, me, let me share an example of how to meditate. Mark 1.17 says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So if you and I want to meditate on that verse... First step to meditation is we, we emphasize each word and ask, so follow me, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, right? So I'm emphasizing a specific word. Then I ask myself, what would be lost from this verse if I took out a specific word? Notice Jesus says, follow me. It's a person. It's not a philosophy. He's saying, don't follow a system. Follow me. Then he says, I will. Notice that's a promise. So I'm emphasizing each word and I'm asking myself, okay, what would be lost if I took out a specific word? Another thing that helps me with meditation is putting the verse in my own language, just kind of rewriting it. And that usually helps with internalizing God's word. You know, and lastly, the third way to meditate is just to simply memorize the verse. 
And I love Psalm 1-3 because here's what Psalm 1-3 says about people who meditate. It says, he is like a tree that's planted by streams of living water, of water that yields fruit in its season. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. So meditation provides stability. Think about it. We're like a tree that's rooted. And when the wind comes, it won't blow us away. Notice the tree is planted by streams of water. Trees by streams, they do well, even if there's little rain. But this is an image of a person who can keep going in in hard times. So meditation helps us stay rooted. People who meditate are people that have substance because our roots are deep in Jesus Christ. And the writer of Psalm says, hey, I'm comparing you to a tree. Why is that? Because trees go through seasons. You know, there's good seasons, there's dry seasons, and there will be seasons where you and I don't feel God, but our roots will be firm in his truth. Why? Because we've thought deeply on the things of God. We've meditated on God's word. That's why meditation is so powerful. And the final piece of uh, piece that I focus on in my quiet time is journaling. Judges 8.34 speaks of Israel, and this is what it says. And they did not remember the Lord their God who had rescued them. When we journal, we remember the faithfulness of God. Because we have a habit of forgetting how good God has been to us. I am so guilty of that. I am very good at forgetting how good and faithful God has been to me. And I encourage you to write things down that you're learning as you read God's word. Write prayer requests that God, uh, praise reports, you know, what God has done in your life. I like to write scripture, like I'll take one verse and I'll write it over and over again. Or, you know, I just share my heart with God. And when I take that journal out, I don't let anyone touch my journal. It's just me and the Lord. And here's what I've learned. Some of our most transforming moments in our lives will take place over time by simply waking up, reading your Bible, praying, meditating, journaling. Having a quiet time is not fancy. People often ask me, hey, how do I get close to God? Like, like, like really close. And the answer is simple. It's not complicated, but it will cost you. We wake up. We read his word, we pray, we meditate, we journal. Over time, we will see change in our lives. And remember, we are as close to God as we choose to be. This is Val's word of the day.